some glowing weak point where hopefully I have changed my audio quality just a little bit better. Just, just a little bit. Oh, oh uh, yeah, you're still crackly. Is, yeah, well I don't care about whether you can hear me crackly or not. <laughs> uh, with me is always my co-host, Wombat. Me! How's it going, Wombat? I'm doing all right. I'm a little, I'm a little day drunk right now, John. Just oh. a, just a, just a sm- smidge day drunk. I was, I was looking up what I could do with beer, right? <laughs> because there was like this lone beer bottle in the fridge. I was like, what can I, what okay. can I do with beer? And you can make a beer margarita. And let me tell you what a beer margarita is, John. It's just a margarita, yeah. and you pour four ounces of beer into it. <laughs> yes, it's typically a coronarita. It's typically the the way that happens. Yeah. Um, now the recipe that I found was stupid as shit. Because let me tell you something about margaritas, right? Margaritas are shaken. Yeah. Margaritas are are a shaken drink, right? They, they didn't. Are. They yeah, told me unless to, they're frozen, in what? which case it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, unless they told, they're frozen, in which case. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, but I, I don't have a frozen margarita maker. Come on, like come on. I, I'm on the rocks at home, you're on the rocks. Um, yeah, unless you're an alcoholic and you have a frozen margarita maker. <laughs> uh, unless like you're a police force <laughs> using all of the uh, civil asset forfeited money to buy oh, margarita makers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember when that came Canada? out? No, that was the United States. That's multiple I police departments Canada. in the United States. Does Canada have civil asset forfeiture? Uh, I don't know, but I was pretty sure that there was a bar that was closed within a police. That sounds uh, like a North American I, I thing. Thought we talked to, I thought we talked about it on this show, but I we guess absolutely it was I did not. With my... <laughs> All right, then I guess it was with my wife. Yeah. Making fun of the police. <laughs> uh. But yeah, uh, this recipe had me stir a margarita and then pour beer over it. So there's just pulp at the top of my drink, which is a little gross. Just pulp. Just hanging Uh out. Yeah. Um, Shake your margaritas, friends. Um, But otherwise, it's pretty good. I mean, it's getting me... You can tell. You... You... You can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a little bit, you're a little bit more fun than usual. Yeah, I guess. Um, uh, and it allows me to drink beer, which otherwise, to me, tastes like stale piss water. So, okay. there's that. <laughs> I found it. Uh, you found this it. This is from the uh, Canadian Broadcasting. Corporation, CBC, a licensed fully stocked bar inside a lounge for senior officers at the Toronto Police Services headquarters no. is being closed. It, it was licensed? The decision comes... <laughs> yep. The decision comes after CBC Toronto reported an officer entered the lounge hours after being... or before being charged with impaired driving. No uh, way! Is that very incorrect? It's, it's Toronto... Not Toronto. Toronto. My bad. Yes, it is Toronto. No, so. they're wrong. <laughs> no, they're not. 
You definitely don't get to say this. It's like it's like when the Australians claim that their city is pronounced Melbourne. Like, come on. There's it's, clearly an R there. Melbourne. No, it definitely is well, Melbourne. Well, there's, there's, there's lots of things like that that are just, they're, they're definitely pronounced that way. You don't go to New Orleans. That, that New Orleans is not a place that exists on the planet. I mean, you do if you're uh, super white. There's, there's Orleans, which is in France, and there's Nolens, which <laughs> is in Louisiana. Stop! Stop! <laughs> there is Albany, which is a city in New York, and then in South Georgia there is Albany. It is Are a they very different spelled place. the same. Yes, one oh. is Albany, and the other one is Albany. Albany. That sounds like somebody's Albany. name. Um, there is Ponce de Leon, and then. In Georgia, the street is called Ponce de Leon. <laughs> See, I, I I take umbrage with that one because that is just a guy's name, you know. That like like his name was pronounced a certain way. You don't get to change that. I mean, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Fair I'm enough. Sure Albany's also just a dude's name. <laughs> was it? <laughs> Right, but you're using the whole guy's most, name, Ponce de Leon. Most, most things are named after people. I typed in Albany, and then the first thing that came up was a city in Texas. The Duke of Albany. Well, if he's the Duke of Albany, then that's just a place. It's true. Although... The name is ultimately derived from Alba, the Gaelic name for Scotland. So Albany doesn't fucking exist. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to what your glowing weak point is. Holy shit. Do I have to have one? <laughs> yes, you do. Oh. You've always had to have one. <laughs> We're not changing that now. <laughs> it's um. gone too far. My glowing weak point is that I finally set up my garage. Uh, so, so at first we were supposed to make the big room upstairs into a game room, right? But for over a year, yeah. it's been Mitchell's office, and my my old ass uh-huh. CRT TV has been sitting in there, and all my PS One and PS Two and GameCube games have just been sitting in there. Unable to be played because he is always working. (laughs) Okay. So I went into the garage and I did shit myself. I took the reins of my own life into my hands. Unusual. And I cleared out an entire half of the garage and I, I swept it and I mopped it. I mopped a concrete floor that definitely had dog piss on it. 100% 100% had Gross. dog piss on it. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I swept Ugh. it and I mopped it. And then I, I moved the furniture downstairs through two tiny, narrow little doors through the laundry room. I took everything in there and I set up a little gaming area for myself. And then right next to it, I took my girlfriend's heavy ass fucking desk down the stairs by myself 
and I set up her desk area, and now there's just a place for us to hang out. Finally. Wow. That isn't the living room. <laughs> Where you're expected wow. to watch TV and nothing else. <laughs> so, uh. also, I can finally play everything from PS1 to PS2 to GameCube to Wii again. I can play those things now, which... wow is very useful because it seems you've already picked my game for next week. Correct! (laughs) (laughs) And and it's The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, which I was going to need my Wii to play. (laughs) Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I actually almost picked a GameCube one, but I I thought that like most of your older stuff was uh was like hidden and boxed away i thought no. you might have the wii out more no everything is all... out yeah i even found okay. my uh my bag of game boy games i just haven't entered them into the backloggery yet okay yeah yeah so that's my glowing weak point i set up i set up a cool hangout area in the garage what about you john cool um, I went to the fair. Uh, Renaissance fair or just a, like a, like a county fair? No, just a, just a state fair. The North Georgia State Fair. <laughs> so, I feel like that's a regional fair. Once you're adding in qual- qualifiers like North, like, like that's a region. Yeah, I don't know that there is a Georgia State Fair. <laughs> just just a just a bog standard Georgia. Oh, there is. It's at the Motor Atlanta Motor Speedway. Hmm. Well, there we go. And it happens at the same time. You went to a regional fair. I I guess I technically did. Yeah. Although my region is also known as Georgia. <laughs> Everything else is the the, the boonies. I mean, it, there are um, there are distinct biodomes within Georgia. You know, the north is different than the south-ish. <laughs> Looking at the offerings at the Georgia State Fair, there are a couple that I'd be interested in, but for the most part, the North Georgia State Fair is cooler. Okay. I will give the two cool things that they have that kind of just on their own stomp the North Georgia State Fair, but everything else is kind of shit. Alright. Number one, they they have a wolf show. A wolf show? And a wolf show. And wolves are just awesome. Yeah, they are. God. And number two, and this makes me want to drive down there literally right now to see it. <laughs> They what do they got? What is called a banana derby? A what? A banana derby. Banana derby. Which is where dogs are raced like horses around a track, being ridden by monkey jockeys. <laughs> I don't. Uh, okay, that sounds fun, but I'm also fundamentally opposed to dog racing. <laughs> Yeah, but, dude, <laughs> I understand, I, I, under- 
I wish it was a horse race. I wish it was a horse race where they were being ridden by monkeys. <laughs> That's all I'm but, saying. But monkeys aren't monkeys aren't the cute part. It's it's the the dogs. Is this a picture of the? Uh... <laughs> that is a picture of the banana derby. Okay, it's it's super cute. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> also, hold on. You know what? This isn't even. Like, when you think of dog racing, you think, oh, it's, like, greyhounds and shit. This is clearly just, like, no. some people brought their pets. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. These okay. are just random dogs that they've trained to be fast. Yeah, these, it, this, this is, is fun. This is not designed to be, like, you know, these are the fastest dogs in the world. Let's see which one. No, no, this is just fun. Yeah. Um... So what I went to at the North Georgia State Fair was uh, a sea lion uh, exhibit where they they caught rings and balanced balls and and did all sorts of fun jumps and tricks and stuff. And they were adorable. Uh, we saw a dog show where uh, they did like distance jumping into a pool and frisbee tricks and stuff and they were all uh rescue dogs which is awesome i okay. saw pig racing pig <laughs> yep pigs don't go fast pigs race no no they well some of them do <laughs> and their, their their big thing was like they have three different heats of this they've got uh, two different breeds of uh, U.S. pigs, and then they've got a third breed of uh, exotic Asian pigs. And you know, they they did the first two uh, U.S. ones first, and, and like they they raced around, and they were pretty quick. And then the second one was even faster. And they're like, now it's time for the even the fastest ones from the fastest pigs of all the world. And they they pulled out the Asian ones. <laughs> they were so slow. <laughs> it was it was hilarious and enjoyable. I very very much enjoyed these slow ass pigs waddling around, uh, rooting around in the the straw for food as they went on their way. Um, we saw a human cannonball. Um, which he, like he did he get shoot, shot out of a cannon or did he just say he was a human cannonball? He got shot out of a cannon. Nice. We, we watched him climb inside the cannon, and then it went boom, and he flew through the air. How far? 300 feet. That's pretty fucking far. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was really cool. Did he land on his feet, or... Like, nah, did he survive? Net. A net? Yeah, Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a net, yeah. And then there were the two big events that Ooh. we went to. And we actually, there's there's one event each night. It starts at 8 p.m. And we, um, we went twice. So we went Monday night and then we went Tuesday night. Monday night we went just for this event because it was a demolition derby. So we showed up at like 7.45 for it. We went straight there. Do you know what a demolition derby is? Um, I mean, it's just you wreck cars, right? 
Yeah, yeah, you you have cars and you drive them into each other. Like it's 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 three or four people driving cars smashing them in into each other. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fun. It's it like it's also, like a monster truck rally but more relatable. Hella redneck. <laughs> Fortunately, the uh the red, white and blue MAGA uh car got pretty wrecked. Nice. Cuz of course there was it was very redneck. Right. Um, I mean, it was Georgia. Of the, course, there was a red, white, and blue MAGA car. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, this day uh, was the day we I, we wandered around the park for a little bit afterwards, and I had I bought a Polish sausage with onions and bell peppers and stuff. And got violently ill from it. Yeah, uh, it was clearly cooked in butter, or sometimes some freaks put milk powder into their sausages. Uh, but for the next literally twenty four hours, I was miserable and on so many allergy meds, uh, just trying to keep my throat open and not drown in all the the snot that my body decides to produce. It was awful. I mean, I hated it. just take solace in the knowledge that everybody who eats a Polish sausage at a fair also gets violently ill. <laughs> like, it's for different yes, reasons. We, <laughs> usually they just shit themselves and are better. <laughs> I... <laughs> I wanted to. Um, and then the when we went back on Tuesday... The big event Tuesday was a monster jam. A monster jam? A monster jam. <laughs> is that a monster truck thing? It is. Oh, man. It was full throttle monster jam. And, oh, man, it was fun. I just, like, big old, big old monster trucks jumping and flipping and doing all sorts of tricks and did they fuck each other out no 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 it's it's not like demolition derby where they go head to head it's usually um like freestyle tricks okay they just had like an obstacle course kind of thing and they they rode around that yeah and do jumps off of it yeah that sort of stuff Okay. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um. Yeah. I'm so glad you had a good my, time. Uh, glowing weak point. Uh huh. All, All right. right. <laughs> Moving on. It's oh. Do you not know how to paste without um? Uh no, I just. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I could have just clicked paste without formatting, couldn't I? Yeah. Oh, oh well. It's also Control Shift V. Um, if you think I use buttons to do any of this shit, you're totally wrong. <laughs> okay. Cool. 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 Anyways, let's go on to the news. Yeah. So first off, there was a big old Xbox leak, and it kind of made Phil Spencer look mildly insightful and also incredibly stupid just like super yeah, fucking mostly stupid just stupid 
Yeah. Yeah. Mostly uh, just stupid. So first off, first off, the way this was leaked is entirely Microsoft's fault, right? So they yeah. were in the big court case about with the FTC about the Activision acquisition, and they had to provide uh-huh. like like documents from the company. And yeah. when they did that, they used a publicly available link. <laughs> So we all get to read everything that's ever come out of Phil Spencer's stupid fucking mouth. Which includes, we're going to start with this one. Him wanting to buy Nintendo. (laughs) I'm going to quote from Phil Spencer here. At some point, getting Nintendo would be a career moment. It's just taking a long time for Nintendo to realize that their future exists off of their own hardware. A long time, smiley face. Yeah. Uh, Now, we've talked about this this before, actually. (laughs) We, We have. Um, this is, this is an enjoyable thing that, like, unfortunately this week, we, we don't, we, we couldn't find, uh, you know, Metro.co.uk didn't didn't pull through. We don't have a bad opinion piece hour. So uh, we're just looking to Phil Spencer. To <laughs> we have Phil Spencer's bad opinions to look on. Um, and actually... Nintendo's future exists off of Nintendo's hardware? No, it doesn't. Like, speaking of Metro... This was actually the topic of a Metro piece we have ragged on before, is somebody wanting Uh Microsoft to buy Nintendo. And the same argument holds true for Phil Spencer as it did for that rando on fucking Metro. Nintendo does not need you. (laughs) No. (laughs) Nintendo is doing perfectly fine making first-party yep. games on their hardware. And yep. this, this again, comes back to my personal argument, which is that Nintendo is a toy company. N- l- yes. like, like, they put out the console in order to have a method to play their toys. Like, that's what games yes. are to them. They are toys. It's the same as having a Mr. Potato Head, you know? And the switch uh-huh. is just a method to deliver the the Mr. Potato Head to you. Man, I've seen a lot of of bad takes <laughs> around. So this many bad takes around this. <laughs> uh, gosh, there there is there's someone being like, well, like Microsoft has enough money, they could do a uh, a a. What is it the the corporate takeover? But they couldn't like uh, like in order for a corporate they, they, takeover, they, the company still has to be willing to some extent to be taken over. Well, you know, no, you you can like uh, you can like buy shares out from under them and eventually like get a yes. get a majority shareholder position. But Nintendo yes. would never allow that, and, and and that is something that can happen. In Western companies, yes, which Nintendo it happened for the, is not the, the 
First of all, there's all sorts of um, of legal barriers to buying a Japanese company, particularly. Yeah. Because Japan has a whole, like, there is, like, as, as much business uh, law as the U.S. has, the Japan has that just in terms of stopping Western buyouts. Yeah, because <laughs> like, they see it, what we're it, about and they're like, we don't want to be a part of that. Like, like it's they incredibly infeasible, but also it is still a um, you know a, a standard capitalist country. Yeah. So it is possible to do a corporate buyout in Japan. Literally, the first and only one ever happened earlier this year. Oh, <laughs> uh, who was bought? Uh, it was oh, man. I don't. I don't remember exactly which one. It wasn't a video game company. It was just. Another tech company uh, was bought by this really, really rich man who bought everything out from under them. But like there, it it, it had literally never happened before this year, and it has only happened once. And, and it's probably not no, going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, if that's <laughs> there's no other signs of it happening with any other company. Period. And. <laughs> it's like they're Japanese companies are so impervious to buyouts because um they they do shock a uh, stock sharing both horizontally and vertically so a company will share stocks between it and its subsidiaries so like a manufacturing company will uh, trade stocks with a factory. So in the so case the of Nintendo, it would be like, like they're sharing their stocks with like Game Freak and the Pokemon Company. Like, yes. Yeah, yes. both of those have Nintendo so, stocks. So if you tried to buy Nintendo, you couldn't because Game Freak and the Nintendo Company are also protecting Pokemon. But also it's laterally... So Nintendo could like trade stocks with Sony, so that both of them are imper like <laughs> like that happens with every industry in Japan. So you can't just buy the company; you have to buy a thousand companies to buy one company. And the guy did this because he was rich and wanted to, and hated the company and wanted to like switch it around. Um, so like. It's happened once, ever, and it probably won't happen again. It's legal! <laughs> but it's they've structured impossible. it in such a way that it's it's implausible. Yeah, like, N Nintendo cannot be bought by Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> Just... And, and this whole yeah. thing has, has the air <laughs> of, like, Western God Complex, right? Like, obviously... We, Microsoft, could do a better job of handling Nintendo's properties than Nintendo could. We're Microsoft. We're yeah. white. We're white. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we think the same way. I also hate that. Um, there's also some thoughts from Microsoft about purchasing Valve and Warner Brothers, neither of which could happen. Yeah, Valve is uh, totally fine on its own. Like, like they yeah, have Valve, Steam. Valve is, yeah. <laughs> Valve will never be bought by anyone unless 
unless a steam buster comes around, which has been tried a hundred times by every single biz- big business, including Microsoft and Amazon, the two and it's largest not working. Tech companies in the world, <laughs> and it didn't work either of the times. Like they the both closest, shut those down. the closest is maybe like the Epic storefront. But they're designed so fucking horribly that until they get their shit together, it's like not even a, a like 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 an but idea. Still, there aren't that many games on that. Yeah, like, but they really try to. They have the free game thing they do like every month, which is really just trying yeah. to get people to use their service more. Yeah, and occasionally I remember and I log in to get the free game, but most of the time I don't. Yeah. And most of the time I log in, and I when I do log in, I see, oh, I already have that game on Steam. <laughs> yeah. So Fair enough. Like, GOG is not trying to be a competitor to Steam, but GOG does a better competition than any of the others. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next stupid Phil Spencer thing. Oh, when he saw the PS5 reveal, he thought it was a very good thing for his company. (laughs) Quote from this Kotaku article. Phil Spencer described the Xbox Series XS line as a better product than what Sony has, not just on hardware, but equally important on the software platform and services. We have the ingredients of a winning plan. Today was a good day for us. Um, For those not caught up in the the stupid bullshit console wars... Xbox is pretty definitive, definitively lost this generation. <laughs> yes, the PS5 yes. has like outsold them twofold. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this is like this is just delusional. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like they just they plainly did not have a better product. Like, Sony has better marketing around their shit. They have actually exclusive games, whereas Microsoft, you know, anything that's Xbox exclusive is actually also on PC at the same time. Because Microsoft is a computer company, so they don't don't want to bar their own products from having their software. (laughs) I can't wait until they figure that out. Right. <laughs> because because even still right now, you can't just design a game and give it to Xbox and it goes on PC and, and Xbox. You have to design a PC version and an Xbox version. And what they need to do is just make the Xbox a Windows computer that is only for games. Yeah. And... And, and have it be running Windows behind the scenes so that developer can make a game and and they can, you know, they can churn out new editions of the Xbox that are the, the new newest version of, like, newest hardware, whatever. It won't matter. Um, <clears throat> and just release the games on both. Because... 
golly, I, I like I understand the need for a console because not everyone has a computer. Yeah, and I I don't think everyone needs a computer. I, I think a console is an incredibly useful thing to have, and most people do their lives on a phone. And then if they want to play something, they either play it on their phone or they get on a console, which just hooks up to their TV. You you don't need a computer. So I get the reason for having a console and I get why Xbox should exist as a console. Just go all in on the computer part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, there's Your a lot they could do to separate the themselves from from the games industry, like like because what what they're trying yeah. to do right now is essentially just what Sony does with the PlayStation, and with the exception of like the PS3, Xbox 360 era, um, Microsoft has lost that the... battle every time. Yes, you know the PS2 yeah. outsold the Xbox. The PS4 outsold the Xbox One. The PS5 is outselling the Xbox Series. Um, yeah. And, and if you look back on the 360 era, a lot of it just has to do with like them marketing around what back then. Like we've talked about the the detrimental term or not, like like JRPG, how it's been used in the past, right? And in the Xbox 360 era, that kind of discrimination was pretty strong. And they capitalized on that by doing, like, largely Western games on their console, which is what, like, set them apart from Sony. Um, Mm -hmm. But since then, that discrimination has kind of fallen away. And 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 they've... Also... (laughs) Yeah. It's it's been some amount of... Sony partnering more with uh, Western companies and somewhat more of players realizing that uh, international games can actually be really fucking good. Yeah. And and then it didn't really matter at all. Yeah. And and so now now Microsoft has nothing to set itself apart. And and they really need that. If they want to stay... Uh like, relevant in the game. Um, The last thing I want to talk about regarding Phil Spencer and Microsoft in general being fucking stupid as shit, they want to try to go all digital again. Remember when they did the Xbox One and they wanted to go all digital and then everybody was like, no, that's bad, you're stupid, and you're bad? Um. (laughs) <laughs> they, they want to try that again. <laughs> well, there there is a large portion of the um, market that does not want um, physical media because it just takes up space. They have to store it. Then, like when they want to play, they gotta you know go and switch a game. It's easier just to download a game have the game on and when you want to you can just switch to a different one just right there it's like playing well, on steam you you just keep doing the thing and especially in this there era is... of like game discs being basically just codes to unlock a download you know yeah, but, yeah. it's a worthless piece of plastic yeah 
but that's a that's a problem that should be addressed differently. Like that's a problem that they're creating the solution to by going all digital. You know, L- yes. like they created the problem intentionally to to hand you the solution. Um, uh-huh. And when the actual solution would be requiring that anytime they sell you a physical disc, they have the complete game on that disc. You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the actual uh, way to to resolve this issue. But what they really Correct. want to do is undercut the secondhand <laughs> games market. And, and so they want to go all digital. The sad part of this, though, is, is that, like, while, yes, most people don't give a shit about games... About physical media. And if you discount the people who like to own their games, like to have a physical copy of their games because, you know, they want to actually own their games. So when the online store gets removed, they still have the game, so on and so forth, which honestly doesn't mean much anymore. What with the current, you know, always online. Uh just to download code uh, CDs, uh, there is still the portion of players who do not have good internet speeds and live out in the the boonies or the honestly pretty large uh, population of sailors who (laughs) they go on long voyages fishing or uh, shipping or whatever. Military shit. Yeah, and they want to be able to play, and used to be great. You could just give them a console and a bunch of games, and if they got bored, you could mail them a game. (laughs) Yeah, like they could pick it up at the next port Uh, or whatever, and and you're good. Yeah, Uh, but if you don't have a (laughs) CD-ROM for this, then uh, it, it... doesn't work that way anymore and you're fucking over that entire group of people who don't have internet don't have yeah. access don't like yeah like like all digital all online shit is a fundamentally class argument thing that people pretend it doesn't have a class element to it because we we like to yes. pretend that in this country you know everybody's got got shit Everybody's got internet. Everybody's got a computer. Everybody's got a console. But that's not true. Uh-huh. You know, like a huge portion of this country lives under uh, 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 like uh, underneath the poverty line and don't have access yeah. to internet or don't have uh-huh. a computer or can't afford a console. And, and moves like this cut people cut those people out entirely. Uh-huh. And it's just bullshit. Uh, yeah. And, and we really... First, like, it goes back to, again, we need to regulate these companies and, like, require that yes. if they're selling a physical copy of a game, that the game is actually on the disc. Like, in its entirety, the game. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, we need to be requiring that of them. Otherwise, yeah, they're just printing out worthless plastic to sell to us. Yeah. 
Um, and then um, one more thing I, I wanted I, to I, touch on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go go ahead, and then I'll. If it's not the same thing as mine, then then I'll do mine real quick. Uh, all right. Let me let me find this. All right. Uh, F- Phil Spencer hit on one thing. One thing that literally everybody else can see, but you know, that he can see it is is kind of all right. Um, quoting the Kotaku article, he noted that instead, game publishers have adopted a, stra- a strategy of making huge bets on highly expensive prestige projects, relying on those risky all-in bets to establish and maintain publisher brands. He concluded that the role of a AAA publisher has changed and become less important in today's gaming industry. Uh, which is fair. But, uh-huh. like, publishers suck, and all they do is, like, make 250 or, or like, like $25 million games, like fucking Call of Duty or whatever. And then lay their entire company out on the line on that one game. Like, we saw that with um, Square Enix. You know, there were a bunch of articles after Final Fantasy XVI came out that were like, oh, like, Final Fantasy XVI didn't do well, so now Square Enix is kind of in a financial pinch. And it's like, don't bet all your money on one game then. Like... (laughs) But that's all that, yeah. that these publishers know how to do. They just pour yeah. tons and tons of, into games that have been, like, market research tested or whatever, like, focus grouped all to hell. And, and they're yeah. like, surely this will do fine. And if it doesn't, then there's, sh- I, I mean, they're done. <laughs> like, Yeah. Uh, the the one thing I wanted to point out is is not from specifically Phil Spencer. It's just it's funny to me that uh, Microsoft uh, described Baldur's Gate three as a quote second run Stadia PC RPG. Oh yeah, but like they they completely <laughs> and, and did they not expect to, to be anything. Baldur's Gate to be as as like big as it was. <laughs> yeah. As, as much of a titan as it is. Which is wild, considering is. Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 were computer games that Microsoft should know quite a bit about. And it's not like they didn't make money. <laughs> no, they, they definitely made bank. Yeah. Um, so you They're would think... They're kind of a big deal. Yeah, you you would think they would understand what attaching that they had to, right? Like that's the reason to make a Baldur's Gate game, right? Yeah, it's because of the yeah. name. It made a bunch of money uh-huh. the first two times. <laughs> I mean, like the the developers are the same developers who did uh, Divinity Original Sin two, and, and, and that, that got a ton of attention. A very very popular game within its circle. Yeah. I will. I will say it isn't. It's. It's not a. Um, it's not Baldur's Gate levels or anything like that. No, but but like it was a very well done game that performed incredibly well within its group. But it didn't. Like who the fuck's who the fuck's heard of Divinity? Right. So you attach like, Baldur's like, Gate and then you just make Divinity on top of it. Uh huh. 
you have money you print money yeah (laughs) it seems obvious but microsoft didn't think so like let's say you're you're walking down the street and a a, uh you you need a car and you go up to this place this dealer and their dealer's like all right i got this like Ubelstein car for you. It you know it's it's a hybrid. It runs very well. And you're like, what the fuck is an Ubelstein? And you move on. And then Ubelstein gets bought out by Toyota the next year. And you go to the same dealer, and they're like, here, we've sold eight billion of these cars. It's the Toyota Oodlestein. <laughs> yeah, because because Toyota sells. It's a name that sells. Yeah. Like, like it's branding. People, yeah. <laughs> Microsoft, you should be Modern big game. on brand. You should understand branding by this point. <laughs> uh huh. It's kind of a thing. Yeah. Just, just overall, a bad look for them. This leak. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, uh, we can finally move on to our next article. That was all one article, by the way. <laughs> At least they aren't officially garbage now. Yeah. Uh, which NFTs are. Um, now, and we, NFTs we are officially you. worthless we, we need, digi-garbage. We, yeah, we need... Come on, let me let me clarify. Okay. NFTs have always been worthless garbage. Yes. <laughs> now it's official. <laughs> but... Now even the people who used to think they had value do not think they have value. Um, yeah. But the, like a big study was done on NFT uh, like like wallets and, and pricing, like checking the prices against where they're being sold at, like websites and, and you know, the bullshit that went along with it. And... Yeah. Um, it said 18% uh, of these NFT collections have zero do- a $0 floor price. And then 41% are worth between $5 and $100. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and and that's only like like the the top quality NFT collections. When you look at the broader wallets, it is almost, it's over 90% have, have a $0 market cap. Like, like the people who own these, the people who previously wanted to buy them, no longer think they have money. Like, like uh-huh. value. They are valueless. Yes. Even from the fake perspective that they were operating from before. Mm-hmm. Um, one one particularly fun example that they quote here. Uh, contract on Ethereum has a floor price of $13,234,204. Or $234,204. But its all-time sales is only $18. So this NFT collection is claiming that it's still worth $13 million, but they've only ever sold $18 of that. Yeah. Worthless. Yeah. So so we're we're just 
we've talked about <laughs> NFTs before in the past. You know, we're just putting the the final like like cap on their grave. We're we're sinking the tombstone into the dirt. You know, we're we're laying it all out. They're done. <laughs> NFTs are over. Yeah, let's yeah. hope so. <laughs> Unless they come back surprisingly next year or something, but I think we're done. Speak. Speaking of collectibles, uh, the collectible maker Gaming Heads has a business di- dispute with Sony, uh, and Sony then told them that they had to destroy all merchandise. Yeah. And that includes uh, sold merchandise and merchandise ready to be shipped to um, uh, buyers. And they have directed their customers to Sony to seek refund and supplies an individual employee's email address. I think we have figured out why Sony has a business dispute with them. Yeah, so so I think what's going on here is they had an agreement to make, like, statues and shit for Sony games. You know, The Last of Us, Ratchet uh-huh. & Clank, shit like that. And, like, they started working on the product, they produced the product and started to sell it, and then Sony looked at the product and was like, that doesn't match our standards, or it doesn't match what we asked you to make. So please destroy yeah. that product. And so Gaming Heads was like, all right, we're destroying all of our product because Sony asked us to, and Sony are the bad guys. So if you really want your refund, you should ask Sony for your refund. <clears throat> yeah. And, and then provided the email to... Uh, who is, who is the person? Uh, uh, Judy Ju- Ward. Yeah, Judy Ward, who is like a commercial partnerships manager. Yeah. A- and just gave her email address to the customers. Yeah. Um, which is a um, fucked move. Like, even if they were totally in the right and Sony is the ones who, who did the wrong thing, like, you don't call out an individual employee and provide their their email address. Yeah. You know? So, <clears throat> look, there's there's more information in here in that um, uh, Gaming Heads appears to be a pretty shady company. Oh, are they? Uh, they've they've done things like not complete orders. They've got bad support. Um, uh, more than five years to ship products. Jesus. Um, yeah, <clears throat> as well as um, uh, sometimes just taking payment without shipping the products. So, the I can understand why. Sony would be backing away from this company. Yeah, they're literally just and, criminals. Yes. Also, <laughs> um, the the legal way of dealing with this is they issue refunds because they're the ones who accepted Sony the money for damages. Yeah. Yes. They issue refunds and then they can sue Sony for damages 
and Sony Sony can tell them to uh, suck a dick because <laughs> they're Sony and they have the best lawyers yeah. money can pay for. Yeah, yeah, and they don't have a slam dunk case here. Yeah, so yeah, because it does seem like it's... it's just they made a shit product and they're a shitty company, and Sony was like, "Uh, we'd rather not deal with you anymore." Yeah. Yeah. And this is clearly not a professional company. No. <laughs> uh. Um, what next? Alright! Oh, gosh, I don't even want to get into this. What don't uh, you? Unity announces a dumb fuck runtime fee. Immediately costing them decades of goodwill. Then they change their runtime fee. But they don't discard it. I want to provide a major caveat to the beginning of this. Okay. Which is that runtime fees are fairly standard amongst um, engines. Unreal has been doing it literally forever. All of the other businesses that sell their um, engines um, charge runtime fees. Unity, outside of really indie ones, Unity is the only one that didn't. So, this is not an uncommon thing. It's not them doing something unusual at all. Okay. However... However, the way they introduced it is still dumb fuck. The way they introduced it, <laughs> the all the caveats behind it of like the way it works were just horrible. Like it was it was it was like the worst implementation of a runtime fee that anyone has ever heard of. Because like, I don't know why they didn't just go look at Unreal and copy paste their their legal code for this because like the big issue was the works. retroactiveness of it, right? Like yes. People who have used their product in the past under the assumption that this did not exist would then be penalized and forced to comply with a thing that now exists. Yeah. Which, first of all, I don't think is legal. L like, No, I don't think so either. <laughs> I think that falls awry a, a of contract law in the United States. Um, yeah. You, you can't there's, change there's a contract after it's been signed. <laughs> a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was also like a huge percentage of shit, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was going to bankrupt a lot of companies because companies that aren't triple A are uh, barely afloat. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it, the amount that this would cut into profits uh, would would just bankrupt a lot of indie companies. They they would just cease to make money. Yeah. Um, 
I am just uh, looking forward to the time when we can get rid of money and capitalism and people can just make games and art for... Um, the art's uh, sake. Art's sake. Yeah. Um, but, a couple uh, a couple more things on this, though. Uh, they, they have since changed it and you have like, like developers saying this... It looks a lot more reasonable now. It only applies to people using their company, their their product going forward. And it's like a, a... It says, for games that are subject to the runtime fee, we are giving you a choice of either a 2.5% revenue share or the calculated amount based on the number of new people engaging with your game each month. And I, get, I don't know the math, but developers find that a lot more reasonable. Uh, yeah. But they they still tried to do what they did before, and as we've seen, every time that this happens, um, first yeah. of all, they lose a whole bunch of goodwill, you know? Like, Unity was a pretty respected name, literally like five days Very. ago, and now it's like you have to watch everything they're doing, because they might fuck you. Uh, and then the second thing is that Often, whenever companies do these, like, rollbacks to changes they want to do... (laughs) Whenever companies do these rollbacks to changes they want to do, they come back three, six months later and do the changes anyway when people aren't watching as closely. Mm. Yeah. So, you you have to keep your eye out for that because they might... They might still try to fuck people. Um, Probably. And then finally... And also, a lot of companies have learned that just... You come in with something super shitty, and then you take two steps back and are like, Oh, we're sorry. We're we're not going to do that anymore. We've listened. Right. We're just going to be, you know, halfway Satan. We actually... At least they aren't full Satan. We actually saw this in the RuneScape community pretty recently. Um, like in RuneScape three, they introduced a uh, like a battle pass kind of bullshit thing with like premium subscriptions and shit. And everybody who plays RuneScape three was like, "No, don't do this! Is terrible! Stop this!" And so they rolled back some of it, but they left the battle pass in the game because due to speed, you know, like like oh, we just we didn't have the time to completely remove it from the game. And it's like, uh-huh, you're right. clearly just going to come back in a few months and add shit over time that people didn't want, yep. right? Like, like that's what's yeah. going to happen. Um, and and yeah. Unity might try that shit, too. And, uh, yeah. Finally, there was a credible death threat issued to Unity offices that, that closed them down after this. And, uh... Yeah. Don't do death threats. Don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, 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 we agree. Unity was very shitty about this. Yeah. But uh, they didn't reach the level that uh, death threats are deserved, which uh, that level doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Let, there, there's, you know... there's never a point where death threats are okay. If there is, it's not here. You know, like it would be after the law has already failed to to like like accommodate for it, and it within the realm of video games that level never exists. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say it doesn't exist at all, because I would totally issue a death threat against somebody like Jeffrey Epstein after he got away with, you know, like six months for, for raping a child, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's death threat worthy, I think, but, but this isn't. <laughs> I worry sometimes. <laughs> About me? Uh, just the things that are said sometimes on this podcast. Oh, is it legally actionable? I don't think so. I think I'm still legally okay. Let's hope so. Um, you know what? Um, Just in case, I'll say in Minecraft. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Death threats, not okay. Oof, threats. Perfectly fine. Yeah. (laughs) I've I've issued him an oof threat in Roblox. Roblox. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <clears throat> all right uh lastly of the main news um hey scalpers suck scalpers Everyone do suck so the van gogh uh, museum thought it'd be really cool to do a and, thing where they're like pronounce it correct what van Gogh. fuck you um the Van Gogh Museum thought it'd be really cool to do this, like, crossover event with Pokemon. And they, like, po- painted Pikachu and, like, le- le- like other, you know, Eevee and shit in, in Van Gogh's style, you know? Um, it's, a, it's a really, really cool thing that they did. And then scalpers showed up at the museum's gift shop and bought everything in a violent mass. Uh, yeah. because fun isn't allowed to exist. Um, no. I mean, there's not much to the story other than, like, there needs to be, there needs to be legislation around scalping. Like, like, I don't know what it needs to look like. I'm not a policymaker, you know, but there has to be something you can do about this. I... I think we just need to screw them. I think the companies need to get together to combat this. And what they need to do is, like, they're going to make a, like, limited runs of just a whole bunch of things. Like, like we'll, we'll do limited run Pokemon cards where there's only 1,500 of them. And we'll make them each one, like, $1,000. So, like, real, real fancy, real, you know, big deal. And uh, then as soon as all of them are sold, uh, do a, a, like, 50 million run of that same card. <laughs> <laughs> and don't number the first ones or anything. Like, they're literally the exact same cards. Right. Uh, <laughs> so that you, you just, you get all of the scalpers to get in there, spend a whole bunch of money. And I... By by make like a hundred million of them, I don't mean a hundred million of them at a thousand dollars. You undercut it. You make them like five dollar cards immediately. So you you've got like fifteen hundred of these really expensive cards, and all the scalpers go out and buy all of them, and then you just wipe away all of the value immediately. <laughs> 
Yeah. And just do that a few times. And he, like, you know, let's come out with, like, the biggest Nike shoot. Like, dude, we're making the perfect Air Jordans. There are only 200 of them, and each one of them is $20,000. And I'm saying per shoe. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, those are regular run. They're on Walmart shelves right now. (laughs) It's just, I'm so sick of scalpers, you know? Like, when the when the PS5 came out, you literally couldn't get your hands on one without going through a uh-huh. scalper. Because they were buying them up immediately. As soon as a website had them available, scalpers were buying them up. Because they were just setting up bots and shit to buy them. And it's like... Yeah. There has to be something. You have to be able to do <coughs> something. It's thoroughly shitty. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Pokemon is a, it's a kid's thing. Like, let, let the kids go to the fucking Pokemon Van Gogh Museum. It's, it's a fun time. Yeah. Van Gogh. I got really, I got really irritated in the, um, Doctor Who episode where they, they have Van Gogh. Because they pronounce they pronounce it wrong there too. They pronounced it Van Gogh. Yes, which is the British pronunciation, which is also wrong. It's terrible. It it's it's the one that makes the least sense. <laughs> it is closer to Van Gogh. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Listen, he, he's dead. I don't care. All right, last bit of news, and not video game related at all, uh, but just, you know, some heartwarming news, because uh, we need it. Um, Parvo is a uh, disease that is horrible. It's devastating, and it's highly deadly. Um, and... It's just something that, like, if your puppy gets it, you just sit there and wait and pray and hope that they don't die, and maybe 5% of the time they pull through. But finally, there is a first-of-its-kind treatment that has come out that can treat it. And that is incredible. Like, this is history (laughs) like it it literally was just like hope and pray after you hand them off to a vet before um yeah i've had a dog who had parvo in the past uh she we had to leave her at the vet over the weekend and then into the next week and just just like not knowing what's going on with her or anything and luckily she made it through and like she's still my dog today but like it it really is just like one of those things where you feel so helpless and powerless you know yeah because you are yeah <clears throat> and you can't even be uh, there with them rate yeah mortality rate is as high as 91 percent if left untreated yeah that's Nine, nine hundred cases a day. 
And, and um, like, if you look into might... Parvo, like the the disease exists for like years after it's been introduced to an environment. So, like, you could move into a house where where a dog had Parvo in the past, and, and not know that that had happened. <clears throat> and now your dog has Parvo. Yeah. Yeah, pretty horrible. Yeah. But now there's uh, the beginnings of a cure. And that's incredible. Yeah, it, it looks really good. Uh, what were the numbers on it? I'm trying to find. Okay. With our original treatment protocol, we were probably getting these dogs out at seven, six days around that time frame. And now we're getting them out around the four to five day mark. So, like, when they survive, they're getting out sooner. Um, they're starting yeah. to eat sooner. During clinical trials, zero dogs died. Zero. So that's like a 100% success rate. Like, Yep. That's... Incredible. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. It's just really awesome that that's happened. <laughs> it it really is. Okay, uh, I'm going right. to take a break real quick. Okay. I'll be back in a minute. Cool. Okay, John. You there? Game facts. The facts about the mule. Mule. What mule. is this? Okay. Mule is a... You know, actually, real quick. Have you ever read the Foundation Trilogy? Uh, No. So, in the Foundation Trilogy, the first book is this really cool, like, like series of vignettes, basically, covering, like, okay. hundreds of years on a planet where they're, like, uh, they're following the, uh, the, the videos made by the scientist guy who foresaw the collapse of their civilization and has laid out steps for uh, 
for them to weather the collapse of said civilization and then like rebuild mm-hmm. it once uh, like after the fact right like like it's a it, it, yes it, it's like complete prediction down to like 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 exactly what will happen um and the first book like i said is a really cool series of vignettes and then the second book starts out that way and then halfway through they become obsessed with this thing called the mule like it's a person or something. I don't remember because I got into the third book and they were still going on about the mule a third of the way through the third book. And I was just like, I do not care about the mule. Like, like please move on to the next section. Let's, let's move past the mule. Yeah. Isaac Asimov, pretty good writer, but goddamn. Did he focus on some dumb bullshit sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, Mule is a multiplayer strategy game developed by Ozark Softscape. They don't exist anymore. And published as one of no. Electronic Arts' first five games. <laughs> like, you hear Ozark yeah, Softscape. Electronic Arts was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back when they were, like, actually about the art. Yeah. But you hear Ozark Softscape, and you're like, they didn't exist for, like, after three years. Like, I give them a maximum of three years that they were a company. Fourteen. Fourteen? Uh-huh. Oh, shit. I was way off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In Mule, you play as one of four colonists starting a new colony, using your money, tools, and the resources on the planet in order to build up the planet to be a healthy colony in preparation for the arrival of the mothership. Huh. So is this like the grandfather of games like Factorio? I guess... (laughs) I mean, not really, but but I guess. But like the, there's elements of that in in that premise, right? Con- conceptually, yes. Yeah. There are eight different races, each with their own advantages and disadvantages, including better mining and farming skills, lower energy requirements, etc. In addition, there are three standard resources: smith ore used for constructing mules. Energy, required in order to actually have mules do stuff. And food, which increases the length of your turn and is necessary for feeding the colonists. Okay, so this is probably more in line of, like, like oxygen not included. Where, where you have, like, this base and you're, you're recruiting people to run your base, and they have stats that make them good at one yeah, thing or worse at other things. Allocating, yeah, it's, it's, it's like allocating something to do, to work on a particular thing. Yeah. The core of the game revolves around allocating your mules, multiple-use labor elements, to various purchased real estates in order to harvest energy, mine ore, and grow food. 
A lot of further complexity arises from deficits of resources amongst the players, where a player can produce artificial scarcity of a resource they control in order to drive up costs for the next turn. However, while the player who has the most resources money resources slash money when the mothership is the winner, that is only if the planet has been made healthy by, by that point. A feat impossible without the cooperation of the players. Okay. So, let me put this in the layman's terms, right? Okay. So, you're on uh, Hell's Kitchen, right? And you're competing with all of these other chefs. And you could choose to screw over your other chefs. You could hog all of the chicken breast, right? You could hide the paprika, right? You could do all this other shit to to fuck them over. And, And that might get you far ahead but what if one of the core premises of hell's kitchen was that the kitchen has to operate correctly in which case hoarding all of the chicken breast and hiding the paprika is only going to hurt the group's chances of anybody succeeding right yeah so so it actually is very very similar to hell's kitchen in that uh, you are in a team, and your team progresses to the next level. So you, as a team, need to succeed. However, <coughs> your team is not winning Hell's Kitchen. You are winning Hell's Kitchen. Right. So you need to be the best and show off the best and and always, you know, you want to have the worst people voted off so you need to look better and you need to make other people look bad but still finish the job. Yeah. Customers still have to receive their dinner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ozark Softscape was founded by Dan Bunton who is quickly sought by EA as one of their first game developers. Dan was a genius when it came to games, making deeply complex games that simultaneously are mechanically light and strategically approachable. They went on to develop 11 other games, including the Seven Cities of Gold, an early exploration game with both a designed map of South America, as well as the capacity for a randomly generated map for continued play, which was a huge hit and also a huge game completely filling the Atari's available memory, which back then was the equivalent of a two-page Word document, but, you know. (laughs) It it, it didn't happen very often. (laughs) Dan Bunton went on to become Danielle Barry in 1992, becoming one of the industry's first transitioned developers and joking that it was to improve the industry's gender ratio. She was a pioneer in many ways, and the world is a worse place without her, following her death in 1998 due to cancer. That's awesome. It is. Uh, Sadly, she felt shunned by the industry post-transition and lost some of her confidence, saying at one point, So, I'm a little more than three years into my new life role as Miss Danielle Barry, 
and her career looks to be somewhat different from old Mr. Dan Bunton's. For one thing, I'm not as good a programmer as he was. Despite this, she was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award by the International Game Developers Association shortly before her death, has been inducted posthumously into various halls of fame, and is still considered a rock star of an early developer. And and that was just the facts. And, and that is just... Like, one of the worst things about the game industry is... Look, yeah. The intense sexism. Like... You go from yeah, being yeah, presenting intense. as a man to presenting as a woman, and now suddenly you're perceived as less qualified. Uh huh. Just disgusting. Sucks. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so, John, <sighs> we watched a bad movie. Yes. Asterisk. Bad movie asterisk. Yes. There you uh, go. Yeah. Um, tell me what you thought. I thought that this was a wonderful movie. Like, this this was really fun. It was gorgeous. Yes. It a is. Gorgeous movie. Visually, like, like it one is of, one of the best one movies of the best I've movies ever I've seen. seen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, like, visually incredible. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I mean, I, I thought it was an enjoyable movie to watch. Uh, there, like, it, I it kept me um, watching the entire time, and and I thought the action was pretty good, and and some of the banter was was pretty good. It's a nice little romp through an awesome sci-fi landscape. It is, and and what I what I think is it would be perfect for a TV show. Oh yeah. Like I I finished the and movie actually, and I immediately was like, where is the 12 season show that came after this? And I know it's based off of a comic book. I don't want to read a comic book. Well, no, I was actually going I, to say I, there's a cartoon. There's like a like, like shit, I want to say like 50 episode or something cartoon called Valerian and Laureline based on the comic books. Like like there is a show yeah. and it's a very good show. Um how old is it? Uh, I think it's one of those '90s or like early 2000s okay. things. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, asterisk was the the visually beautiful. It's a fun romp and everything. It is Valerian in this movie is an inexcusable prick. Like, yeah, no, he absolutely sucks. <laughs> and he's on screen all of the time. Like, yes, <laughs> I don't know all of the time. Okay, so Valerian is clearly written to be like a Han Solo type character, you know, like a smug rogue kind of kind of guy. He doesn't play by the rules. Um, he, except when he does, except when he does, <laughs> he asserts himself very strongly into every situation. Um, but Dane DeHaan cannot play a Han Solo type because no. 
Every time Dane DeHaan says one of Valerian's lines, I just want to punch him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. you get five minutes into this movie and you want to beat the shit out of Valerian. <laughs> yeah. You do. And that's that's really its biggest blunder, is I have absolutely zero idea why they cast Dane DeHaan. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, like, um, Cara Delevingne, um, she does, she does fine as Laureline. Um, yeah, I feel she's fine. I feel like with Laureline, the issue came down to more of the writing. So, yes, uh, she delivered everything fine. It was just they removed why? a big part of like what makes Laureline a unique character in both the comics and the the cartoon I mentioned before, which is that okay. Laureline is supposed to be a woman who is out of time. Um, Like, Valerian goes back in time at the start of the comics to, like, 1700s France and encounters Laureline and then has to escape with her in tow. And and then she is, she is, like, like, experiencing... She's kind of like the audience surrogate character, right? Like, she's experiencing this world for the first time, as are we. And instead, what this movie chose to do was just to make her, like, an uber badass who went to, like, Yale or some shit. And and thus removed the biggest, like, unique thing she had going on as a character. Um, That would change things a lot, but boy, would it be a very different movie. Yes, it would. (laughs) As in... Not this movie at all. <laughs> this could maybe uh, but, uh, be the third or fourth movie after several movies where she is fish out of water. Yeah. And, and like, like she, she would still have that unique perspective of coming at it from a society entirely different from the one she exists in, though, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. even if they had yeah. alluded to that being her past and building it into her character, it would have made for a more interesting character, I think, as opposed Mm -hmm. to just like the super smart, ultra badass that they turned her into. And she kind of comes across just like Valerian, but a woman. Yeah. But less of a prick. Less of a prick. And again, that mostly comes down to Cara Delevingne being able to portray that character in a more interesting fashion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and the plot is like super obvious from the very beginning. Like, I, I knew who the bad guy was as soon as he was on screen. um they they don't do a good job of hiding the fact that clive owen's character is is the bad guy he he literally walks around with like like the droids from the uh the star wars prequels 
the the super yeah. battle droids. He walks around uh-huh. with those in tow. Um <laughs> uh, What did you what did you think about how the movie ended? Well, first of all, uh, let's start with how the movie began. Because the movie begins. Uh, well, first, first it begins with probably the I, best. I, honestly, I, I that that was a fantastic opening. Yes. <laughs> Where it's it's the ISS, and then the ISS gradually gets joined by other modules from other countries, and they greet everyone on board, and then just uh, suddenly there's now a alien ship has come in to join them and they're like all right well welcome uh and so on and so forth and it just the iss starts out real small and then ends up real big and it it shows you the process of how it turns from the international space station to alpha the place where all races can meet and, and and like cohabitate yeah and which is a a really cool concept and and the the whole thing was very enjoyable to watch the the opening like five minutes of this movie are absolutely beautiful yeah also despite the fact that rutger hauer gets like a high billing in this movie that's the only section of the movie that rutger hauer is in (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) and he barely has lines (laughs) yep um but no after that point we're introduced to the actual main plot of the movie which starts with uh, this, this, uh, I'm trying to find the right word for it. Navi. (laughs) It is basically, it is basically Avatar, right? Like, like, yes, my, uh, my girlfriend walked, walked into the room while I was watching this and she was like, oh, they're ripping off Avatar. And I was like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, they're yeah, they are. <laughs> like, like technically, the comics are like from the seventies or whatever. So, I mean, but yeah, they're doing they're doing Avatar. Well, um, and even though the comics are from the seventies, is this directly? Because like the comic series is it, like a long comic series. It's it's. Yeah, and I've only read was the first. This even a storyline from it. Uh, I've only read the first, uh, like collection of comics, so I have no idea if this is even from yeah, it. Like this, this is. I, I assumed it was an original thing that they were using the setting for Valerian. Um, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets is definitely the name of one of the more famous comics in their series. L- like, but that, that also has literally nothing to do with the plot of this. Uh, I, I think it loosely has something. It doesn't follow it exactly. Yeah. Um. So that no, they're ripping off Avatar. 
They they are. Yeah. They're they're definitely and I don't know why, because this was before they announced an Avatar 2, you know. And the first Avatar was forgotten by everybody after like six months, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty quickly. Um Here but this about the second one. But then um let, like spaceships crash into their planet and it blows up. And then we're introduced to Valerian, and now you want to punch things. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and basically what it what it boils down to is Clive Owen's character is the commander of the entire human army or whatever. And he's the one yeah. who ordered the attack that led to the destruction of their planet, knowing that it was an inhabited planet. Um, and there's a colony of them living in secret on Alpha, and they uh, they escape from Alpha into the uh, into the universe, living in a lie. Yeah. But like a lie that will end because they only have the one creature, yeah. And then the creature will die, and then so like the <clears throat> the two MacGuffins of this are, or I guess really the one MacGuffin is uh, there's a creature that anything it eats, uh, it 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 shits a thousand more of that thing. Uh, oh, fittingly, it just, it's it, actually it called the Mule Generator. That's right. <laughs> but mule without an E. Yeah. Yeah. The mule generator. And it, whatever, whatever it eats, they, they show it off with diamonds. The, there's this one unique pearl that, that showed up on the planet mule that is filled with energy and it'll eat that and shit out a whole bunch more of those. <clears throat> but it's also the last of its kind. Because again, so, the planet mule blew up. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. So, so they're they're living on a in a spaceship that basically is hollow projecting a image of of the planet around them, and they're pretending to live on the planet, and they've got the one mule generator and the one pearl that turns into many. And, uh, they're just gonna live out their life on their planet, except eventually the mule, uh, generator is gonna die, and then they're just gonna be sad and die. Right. It was, like, I think they wanted it to be a hopeful ending, but all of the context around it just leads to, like, they're going to die alone and in despair. Yeah. Unless that pearl has some ability to literally regenerate a planet and everything on it, yeah, the they're fucked still. Yeah. Um. Oh, you messaged me about a line that happened. I think around the end of that movie as well. Um. Because yeah, some of the dialogue in this movie is also pretty cringy. It was mostly fine until, uh... <laughs> Except for any time that Valerian and Laureline are talking about their relationship. Every single yes. time that's the conversation on screen, I just want to hang myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just want to kill Valerian. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, because um, the literal line from the movie that Laureline says is, love is more powerful than anything. And, yeah, the... And she uses that line along the way. to get him. <laughs> she uses that line to get Valerian to break the rules that he's been like. But like he comes across as a rule breaker, but he's actually very like very attached to the way that things are supposed to be in the military. Um, uh-huh. And so he's like, I can't hand them the mule generator, like. This belongs to humanity, um, even though it was stolen from the, from you know, from the Navi. From, from these people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Laureline's like, you need to give it to them, or I won't marry you, and and just sit on your dick, and you know, love yeah. is more powerful than anything. And he gets a raging boner, and he hands them the mule generator. <laughs> I presume that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It didn't show his raging boner, but I assume. <laughs> yeah, it, they didn't show it, but like she said that, and you heard Shwing! right, <laughs> and then he handed it over. <laughs> Weird that that was in there. Yeah. Spring! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and man, they they weren't so Navi. Like the first time you hear them, really after the beginning, the first time you hear them talk is one of them walking through this this fancy wall, and he comes over to uh, Valyrian, and he says. I am Suli. <laughs> and I'm like, alright, Jake. Like, <laughs> you, you tall blue man. Uh, apparently it's actually Tsuri. Yeah. But T S U U like R I. But it was it was Suli. He was Jake Suli. That's that's his name is Jake Suli. <laughs> And, and he needs to go back to Avatar. Um, yeah, I would I would very much enjoy more of these films or a TV show or something like that. Yes, recast it. This one, good. There are good Not things about it. <laughs> yeah. Like as I, I would watch this again. Like, like easily, I would watch this again. Yeah, uh, because it is so pretty, and like the the action is pretty good. Like when when Valerian right. is chasing them, like they've kidnapped the 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 Navi have kidnapped the commander, and he's chasing them through the base, and he's like busting through all of these different environments. He's like 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 going underwater and shit. He ends up floating through space. And it's it's all so beautiful and cool and everything. It's awesome. It's, it's an amazing action sequence. Yeah. And, and then it, he opens his mouth and you're like, oh, okay. And that's the big problem with it, is it really does just come down to 
Dane DeHaan should not have been Valerian. Yeah. But, like, that's the big issue. Like, the plot is not that interesting, and Dane DeHaan isn't a good this type of character. Like, he's not even yeah. a bad actor, I don't think. Um, no. But he doesn't but He wasn't the right this actor. kind of character. Yeah. So yeah, like a Which like a you shame. said, a TV show cast somebody better, or just write Valerian as a different kind of character, you know, because he doesn't have yeah. to be a Han Solo type. Um, no, he doesn't. And then you have the makings of something really good, but as it is, uh-huh. it's a very pretty movie with a very standard plot line and a punchable protagonist. Yeah. Quite punchable. I wouldn't punch somebody if they asked me to watch it with them again. No. Which I would for a lot of the other movies that we've watched. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Alright, well, it's time for the end. And that, that is the end of this season. That was season eight. It's over. Wow, we went out on a high note. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, I said that jokingly, but I'm kind of serious. Like, that's the best movie we've yeah, ever no. watched for this shit. That, 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 that <laughs> is, that is a, a really good hot shit movie. <laughs> um, um, next season. Get next ready. Next season. We're going to be playing games. In fact, we're going to be forced to play some games. Because oh. uh, Wombat is forced to play The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Yep, we mentioned that at the start. And I am, f- I am forced to play Hand of Fate again. Don't like it. Again? It was but, listed as unplayed. Yeah, I've, I've technically started it. Uh, it sucks, and I can't get through it. So uh, we'll see what happens this time. Okay. Um, we're also gonna have a mutual mobile game as always uh industry mindustry unsure but m-i-n-d-u-s-t-r-y it's described as a factory building game with tower defense and rts elements which means i am going to not enjoy my time with this Uh uh-huh but i will so (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I'm fine with this. <laughs> I I chose this because I wanted to start off on a high note. Right. So, uh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, and we are also going to be listening to a one-hit blunder. Oh, shit. So get ready for the new Radicals. Maybe you've been brainwashed, too. Which, I actually own this record on vinyl. Which I understand. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, you picked that? And I looked down and I was like, he picked that without me asking him to? Wow. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Hmm. Pretty awesome. Like, the the song, the, the one hit on there is, uh, 
Shit, what's it called? You get what you give. Uh, you get what you give. Yeah. And everybody knows that song. It's an awesome song. It's the opener. Um, it's everything that comes after that that we're going to have to see how John reacts to. Well, isn't there a song before it? Is it? Mother, We Just Can't Get Enough? Oh, does it open with Mother? Yeah. Oh. It's been a while since I put it on the, the turntable. The turntable? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have a have a spin of the vinyl for that, and we'll uh, come back and talk about that. Yep. Next season. Next season. Mm. Wow. Imagine if Texas had seasons. It would mean a lot more to say <laughs> next season. You you have a season. You have two seasons. You have so hot it's not worth living. And then you have the one week of the year where it snows and you die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, that is the problem <laughs> that, that I'm running into. Yes, thank Weird you. How that works? <laughs> God, it is still so hot. The other day, it it, it said it was going to be a thunderstorm, and we were driving back from a party, and um, it definitely thunderstormed. And what nobody told us was that it was also going to hail. Oh, so we had to drive through hail and the, the, the friend who we were hanging out with, uh, went into work the next day. He works at a car dealership and he, he posted a video onto Facebook of him walking for five minutes through the used car lot, which were all destroyed by hail. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. (laughs) So much for profits. Uh, yeah, just to uh, make it clear, um, Wabat and I live on the same latitude, and uh, it is hot as hell where I live, and I am miserable constantly. Um, and uh, it, it's 20 degrees hotter <laughs> where he lives. Yeah, like, Georgia, you're on the same latitude, but you have more seasons than I do. <laughs> I do, yeah. I have three of them. Yeah. I have miserable hot summer, uh, fall, which lasts from um, mid-November to um, mid-March, and uh, spring, which lasts from March to May? Yeah, about May. No winter. No winter. Uh, all right well that's it for us um look forward to seeing you next season unless we cancel this was was that on the table i don't know do you want to do you want to cancel it uh no (laughs) kidding (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll we'll see you next time or maybe we we will bye